Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at TMT activity across Europe. I'm joined by Charlie Taylor-Kroll, head of TMT for Europe for Merge Market. Hi, Charlie. Thanks very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. So let's start with some of the UK listed TMT companies. We've seen lots of activity across Europe, including some major deals announced for UK listed companies. Can you run through some of those, Microfocus, Darktrace and Aviva? Yes, of course. So for a traditionally quiet period in, in the year, uh, August was very exciting for TMT. And we, as you, as you just said, we saw a lot, of, a lot of deals coming through and those three in particular really making the headlines. Microfocus especially, a UK listed um, IT services firm uh, has agreed a deal with a Canadian peer, uh, OpenText. Another case of the attractiveness of UK assets when, when there's a point of which valuation is depressed, but also there's underlying strength in the businesses. So this is one. This is one which has been announced, and um, it looks like you know at a fairly healthy premium. There looks like general positivity if this could come through. Likewise, another UK situation, Aviva, um, has been essentially the remaining stake of Aviva has been acquired by Schneider Electric, which has already owned a, a shareholding in the company, and um, they've agreed to acquire the rest of it. And again, this is very much in line with looking at the sort of how UK listed firms have traded over the last 12 years, 12 months, sorry, and basically seeing it as better value. Now, the, the final one, which we have seen, which is an interesting case and certainly more up in the air, is Darktrace, the cybersecurity firm, which uh, listed not so long ago. In August, it was announced that Tom Bravo was exploring a potential takeover from it. We now know they've decided against it. But I think what's interesting with this case is it seems that there are several other bidders, both in terms of US strategics, US private equity and European private equity that are still exploring the option. And this is one we'll keep an eye on. As we know, cybersecurity in the world, in the internet world has become a very, very hot asset and people are very, very interested in, in acquiring these businesses. So with Tomo Bravo now out of the picture, it'll be interesting to see who might come out the woodwork and look at this. Thanks, Charlie. So the connection between two of those companies, Microfocus and Dark Trace, is Mike Lynch, who is the founder, of course, of Dark Trace, who has also been in the news for different reasons, but as a kind of interesting entrepreneur, nonetheless, uh, who's currently fighting extradition to the US in relation to a previous deal for the, uh, the company he was working or what, the previous company he set up. With the take private approaches of Dark Trace and Aviva, does this mean that more buyouts are on the horizon more broadly? And if so, what's driving that trend? Absolutely. Take privates is something which people are very much expecting for that to continue and even increase in the second, in, in the third and fourth quarter of this year. The depression of tech stocks globally has meant that um, companies which are otherwise looked to be over overvalued are now um, trading at a discount. And coupled with the continuing dry power that you see amongst private equity firms who are looking to deploy, despite the macro environment, that still seems to very much be the case for, for funds. 
So we, we do expect that, especially in the tech space where you have companies such as Darktrace, um, which have very strong underlying fundamentals, but but gives um, you know private equities an opportunity to, to, to get a deal done. I suppose the, the big caveat at the moment on these large cap deals is to do with the financing markets. And I think what's interesting is to see how that might might play out. Obviously, at the moment, you've seen a trio of rising interest rates, surging inflation, and also kind of recession fears have created these unprecedented conditions for deal makers, which means that it's harder potentially to secure financing for these deals. I think it remains to be seen how that may play out for the rest of the year, and ultimately will have a knock-on effect of the plausibility of these of these bigger buyouts going forward. Thank you. And turning our attention to another part of the TMT sector, telecom and telecom towers. We've seen telecom dealmakers preoccupied with the 18 billion euro sale of Deutsche Telekom's tower portfolio. After this very competitive auction process, what do you think will be next for European tower consolidation and M&A activity? I think this is a very interesting question and what telecom related advisors will be asking themselves now. The sale of Deutsche Telekom's tower asset, Deutsche Funktrum, was the biggest telecoms deal um, certainly this year. And there was not only strategic interest, but infrastructure fund interest and private equity interest. Now, the, obvious, the, the winners of that, Brookfield and Digital Bridge, they were only a couple of many, many parties looking at it. And you have and the other people who did preparations on this deal we're now looking to see if they can deploy a similar situation elsewhere a very good example is a story we we actually reported on in terms of um vantage tower the vodafone owned um tower company basically being eyed up by a number of parties that looked at the deutsche telecom deal kkr stone peak and gip so that's something which is very much one one for the horizon but then i think going forward people are going to try and second guess where the big telecom consolidation may happen strategic to strategic and whether that could be between um someone like deutsche telecom and Orange and Vodafone remains to be seen. There is a lot of pressure for telecom um, operators to consolidate and dealmakers are becoming more optimistic about less regulatory scrutiny or more of an appetite from a regulator point of view to allow wider consolidation or four to three combinations. So it's a space to be watching out for. Whether this will happen at the end of this year seems more unlikely. Next year may be the beginning of wider consolidation play. Great, thank you. And turning our attention to software, the software segments remained robust during 2022 so far. But what's the outlook like for M&A in the coming quarters? And within the software segment, which subsectors will advisors be keeping a close eye on? So I think it's it's like every other sector, there has been a bit of a dip in activity this year compared to last year. Of course, last year was exceptional given the bottleneck effect from post-pandemic lockdowns. Now what we're we're looking at is the, the the tech sector is certainly still bullish. There are several auction processes going on for tech stocks. So that will continue. In terms of what's interesting now to be watching out for is these certain subsectors which are especially hot given the macroeconomic conditions. And I think you can split them into two. Number one is um, ESG related software and ESG related focus companies as corporates tend to now be having more of a focus on ESG-related issues. 
And the second thing is to do with supply chain. So we've seen a number of deals relating to supply chain management software as companies try to sort of cut costs in in the wake of rising costs and costs of living crises. And a very good example of that is is a, is a business we've been tracking, for example, called Transporin, which is exactly that and very much expected to come in the final quarter of this year. So these are two hot areas, um, which we expect to see a lot more area activity in, in, the coming, in the coming months. And how fragmented are those areas? Are there lots of fledgling startups involved? I imagine very much so in the ESG space where the, the kind of barriers to entry are lower. Um, less so with supply chain, but are there bigger companies that are ripe for consolidation? You've just men- mentioned the one that you've been tracking. I think it's. I think it needs to be looked at at a case by case basis in terms of of subsector. But you're absolutely right. There is a lot of fragmentation in many of these um, tech markets, uh, and with that, the propensity to potentially have a roll up coming coming into the next quarter or the next year and uh, another another for example another subsector which this is very much uh, ripe in is compliance software where there are several companies that we've been tracking and the speculation has been that there whether there might be a potential roll up whether you have the the UK listed company called GB group but also similar ones a nordic based company called signacat um, another one called ID Now. These all operate in the same space, and there is this speculation of of a, of a roll up and a wider consolidation play under one ownership. And I think that's indicative of the general trend we see, not just in compliance software, but also in ESG and and others as well. And and who are the potential buyers for these companies? Are they corporates? Are they private equity? I, I think I think ultimately there'll be a, a, a mix of both. As things as things stand. Pri- Private equity are still rampant with their uh, deployment of dry powder. With that in mind, they will be at the forefront of looking to do these roll-ups, whether they already own a portfolio company in these sectors and try and buy similar companies to consolidate the entire market, or they'll start from scratch. Both are up for, uh, both are possible. But ultimately, what we're expecting is 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 big P activity in this in this software segment. Certainly in Q3, four, despite macro conditions, I think tech has always been very bullish, and, and we hope it continues that way. Thanks, Charlie. And turning our attention to B two B information providers now, the appetite for specialist B two B information providers has rocketed during the last quarter with a take private agreement for Euro Money and a takeover of Reorg by Pomira. Why is this segment so hot and should we expect to see more activity in the coming months? Absolutely. I think this is a sector which has really outshone the rest of the media M&A activity over the last year, which has on the whole been pretty subdued. Euromoney is a perfect example of clearly investor appetite in the space, but there'll be other opportunities. And I think ultimately people will be willing to pay for best in class information providers where information especially as specialist information by segment is so precious. One of the one of the big sectors it's worth specifically flagging within um, B2B information is the sort of data analytics in the commodity space. In the wake of rising fuel costs and uh, the cost of living crisis, this information has become ever more uh, precious. And we expect to see several 
we expect to see several of these companies at least coming to market or at least gathering interest from investors. And I think one which is an interesting one we've certainly been tracking is the UK-based company Wood Mackenzie, which is owned by Verisk and a perfect example of a cross-border situation and a company which will definitely gather a lot of both private equity and strategic interest. Great. So loads to watch out for in the TMT space. Charlie, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That was Charlie Taylor Kroll. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.